Hey there, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for downloading, streaming, whatever. As long as you're listening, we are glad you are here. Across from me, I have Jenny, a.k.a. The Jay Hill, as I like to call her. I am Greg Detmeyer. We are a couple of instructional coaches here in Iowa. It's nice because the sun's been out today. We haven't seen that thing in about a month. It's a foreign object to me. It is. Kind of scary. At first, I woke yeah. up this morning. I'm like, oh, what is that? It was just the sun. <laughs> and uh, Jenny, since we have a couple microphones in front of us, the record button has been hit. This is the Instructional Coaching Corner, the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great. I think I'm in a better mood just because that sun is shining today and it has been absent for many many days so it's it, has, it has been gone for a while you yeah. know on one of those cloudy days i took some of our advice i'm like i'm gonna get my family moving yeah what'd you do? so we went to the trampoline park in dubuque oh, so like that? one of those indoor things that have trampolines ever it was fun i realized i'm like 100 pounds too heavy and 10 years too old <laughs> so of course i couldn't not do it so i'm sitting there i'm like movement's good jenny told me on the last podcast <laughs> movement is good so i'm like i'm gonna jump today with my kids as well and they had this one thing it was about like a 10 foot long trampoline and it jumped into like a big pillow almost okay and i walk up to the teenage kid who's working there i'm like hey teenage kid can fat people do this and he's like dude we've seen people way bigger than you do it so i'm like all right game on so i take get back looking down i'm like i'm gonna get three hops in this 10 foot range here and then i'm leaping into the the big green pillow and i hit one Hit two, I was in the air on two, and I quickly realized, like, there's no space for three. It's either land on the edge of the trampoline or stretch and go for the pillow. And that's what I did. And in doing so, I kind of rolled over, tweaked my neck a little bit, a little sore. Um, It's probably one of those things where I felt like I was 20 feet in the air, but someone watching is just like, dude, that guy fell over. But I've been hurt for a while now. So movement can also be dangerous. It can be. You have to be very careful. You have to proceed with caution. Those trampoline parks are scary. I we've, We took our family to one once, and I sat on the sidelines. I did not participate. Trampolines scare me. When I was a sophomore in high school, I actually fell off a trampoline because they didn't have the enclosures. And I fell off of one, and I sprained my ankle. Long story short, my mom did not hear me come home and tell her that I hurt my ankle. And the next morning when I passed out because the pain was so bad, my mom thought I was having a heart attack. But good thing I was not having a heart attack. It was simply I sprained my ankle really bad all because of a trampoline. So I avoid them like the plague. So trampolines can be dangerous for young people and old people. Absolutely. Jenny, we have someone special here because we have three microphones today and someone's just sitting over there quietly watching us (laughs) do this. We do. I am super excited to just say welcome to my teaching partner at at Dyersville Elementary. Monica Steffen is a behavior specialist at Dyersville. And along with being our behavior specialist, she is also an ambassador for Go Noodle. And you remember, Greg, we talked about Go Noodle last time in the podcast talking about movement and what Go Noodle can bring to the classroom. Uh, So Monica is here and hopefully going to share with us a little bit about what she has seen as the positive impact of using Go Noodle and also uh, the SMART program, which we had talked about last time. So, Monica, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I actually was just thinking about maybe a cool name for myself. That's why I was so quiet. Did you come up with anything? He's GD. All I I really had was M-Dog, but it wasn't my favorite. M-Dog in the house. Special guest M-Dog here. (laughs) Who let the dogs here? I actually call my son (laughs) C-Dog. Caleb. For Caleb, I Caleb. Think the dog is just kind of relative for anybody. I mean, yeah. it makes him kind of look like a thug, but he's like, <laughs> he's like a little 
He's like the furthest thing from my thoughts. So it's, <laughs> right. it's kind of funny. All right. I, well, M Dog, welcome to the show. Last time we talked about movement and the importance in the classroom. Kind of talk to us, Monica, about why you think movement is such an important part of our classrooms today. So last week, Jenny, you were talking about um, ADHD and how a lot of our kiddos are maybe looking like they have ADHD when maybe they don't. And if you take a look in any of our classrooms, you're seeing kids bouncing and wiggling and fidgeting all over the place. But they're expected to sit for a really long time. And a lot of them are going home in watching TV or playing on the video games, and they're not getting the movement that they need to stimulate their brains throughout the day. Um, being at Dyersville, we have a behavior program, so I have 20 kids here every day that struggle with not getting enough movement. Mm-hmm. Um, some ADHD-related, some not, but you can tell in their classrooms that they are having a tough time. In the classrooms that are using more movement, you can tell that those kids are not getting as many office referrals. They are having less time out of their classroom due to their behaviors because they're able to function in their classroom uh, with that movement. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think you brought up a good point that there are some classrooms that are really using a lot of movement. Um, In your blog on Go Noodle, you talked about teachers kind of being between that rock and hard spot that they know that they want to get more movement in, but I mean, with the time constraint of what teachers have to get in in a day, sometimes that's really, really difficult. How do we balance everything we need to fit into the day, but make sure that we still have movement as part of that? Well, I think some of it is using some of those programs that we already have, like the SMART program here at Dyersville or um, Go Noodle um, for some of those, but also just being creative and mindful about how you're planning your lessons. If you can just get everybody up and stand and walk to one side of the classroom, it's a quick 30-second thing, but they're, they got up, their blood is pumping, they're moving. Um, if it's stomping your feet or pounding on your desk, just trying to put those things into things that you're already doing or you know, go down to the gym and have the kids walk around while you're doing a read aloud instead of just sitting at their desk or being able to walk around. Um, I know at the middle school, they're adding some standing desks, some things like that that are really simple things that you can just put into place. Um, The kindergarten classrooms, they're taking a 10 minute break and going down and doing math facts and running to the other side of the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being really creative and mindful about your lessons and there's a lot to get done, but being okay with quote unquote, losing a minute isn't, you're not losing time, you're gaining time because you're not redirecting. But a lot of times teachers are like, well, gosh, I just went down and spent 10 minutes in the gym and I didn't get the extra 10 in my math lesson. But more likely the kids probably retained more of the information from running than they would have sitting there doing flashcards or sitting at their desk getting that 10 extra minutes. It's like you're saying that they're more ready to receive that instruction. I really like what you said there too was where I know last time Jenny and I really focused, we talked a lot about different things that we could do. Um, but I really like how you said, like, kids might be transitioning from one reading group to another. Maybe they do some type of movement in between their other and just walking or adding things into, you know, we already do this. How can we kind of amp up the movement in, in, in that time and just have that be a part of our day? You know, when we went to Eric Jensen, uh, this past summer, he also, I mean, he had us as adults up and moving. And his recommendation was every seven minutes, which sometimes that's not possible just because of you're in the middle of a lesson, you're in the middle of that flow. But even for us as adults, he got us up and moving. And I felt like I was more alert and attentive at that conference just because he did have us up. And some of the simple things like, all right, walk around and touch five chairs and give your neighbor a high five or, you know, simple things like that. And like you said, Monica, being just more mindful of 
where we can fit those simple movement things in that we don't have to take 10 or 15 minutes out all the time, mm-hmm. but finding those small movements that we can do. I, I love that. And I, I think it's super important and like the benefits that we're seeing from the students that are getting up and moving more. Well, and I think it's important to think about, too, is that us as adults, we know what works for us. Like, I know Mm -hmm. if I'm kind of falling asleep in a meeting, if I'm shaking my leg, that might help me. Or if I get a piece of gum or I can take a sip of my water or stand up in the back of the meeting. We're not giving our kids the same luxury of being able to do that. Plus, they don't always know what works for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So giving them time to teach them some of those strategies like, okay, I know when I'm kind of getting sleepy, I need to stand up and stretch. Um, And I know you talked about this, too, just being mindful of where your kids are at if you're wanting to bring them down or bring them up. But that's different for every kid. So you have to be mindful of that as well when you're looking at, okay, if I get this kid up and run, I might lose him instead of getting him back. So I need to do something different for this kiddo. And having the kids look at and realize, hey, your brain was kind of on high. We need to slow it down. So you're going to do this kind of stretch, whereas Jimmy needs to do this. So he's going to jump up and down. Um, teaching them how to understand their bodies and how their bodies are running. Kind of along the lines you mentioned, students who appear to have maybe ADHD or maybe some of those ADD tendencies. You also talked in your blog about students with anxiety and other behavior challenges and how, you know, those students having a hard time achieving and even understanding that feeling of happy. How does movement support those students as well? Well, like you said, just exercise in general helps kind of put you in that happier mood. Um, we all know that. We don't always necessarily exercise regularly, even though I know it makes me feel better. Greg it's, does. It's he goes to the trampoline tra- park. He does. Been out for a few days, uh, resting, <laughs> icing an injury. But you were really happy while you were there, weren't you? I was good for about 20 minutes, and then I realized <laughs> this is going to not be good in the morning. Well, like I said, just teaching them how to understand that this puts me in a better mood or this gets me that way. Um, Seeing their teacher do some different movement with them, I think that's important too. Sometimes kiddos just see their teacher as, you need to do this and you need to do this now. And seeing their teachers, um, giving them directions and correcting their papers and kind of almost being the bad guy or the one who tells them what to do. But if the teacher takes a minute to stop and do jumping jacks with them, um, they see their teacher kind of in a different light and Uh it gives them that chance to build their relationship with their teacher. And for their teacher to show them, hey, this is important to me. It's going to help you. It's going to help our class. And anxiety, kids, it's a hard thing for adults to understand, much less kids, that taking this test makes me feel anxious. Then I do this. They don't understand all the ties. Then when I do this, I get in trouble. To really break that down and show them, if we do this first, you're less likely to do this, so let's take the time to do that. Just helps them overall feel better about being in their classroom and know that their teacher's looking and trying to find ways to help them be a part of their class instead of always saying, hey, you need to get out of here. You were being you were being disruptive again or go to, go to the office. You can't do that. So it even builds the climate and culture. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, seeing the teacher do the silly dances. I loved, when I was in the classroom, I loved doing the dances with the kids. That was like my wake up too of, you know, from sitting at guided reading groups for, you know, sometimes you're sitting there for 45 minutes to an hour and yeah, you do, you, you, you get lethargic, you get to that point where you're like, okay, I need a minute, I fall asleep. You need, I needed that movement just as much as they did. And they loved watching us dance and the pairs would get involved sometimes. And it was great. Yeah. You're laughing. Everybody's having Mm -hmm. a good time together. I have found when I did that, that the kids shut down because they just realized there's no way I'm ever going to achieve that level (laughs) of dance skill. 
So I always try not to dance. So like if I'm in a classroom and the kids are dancing around, I usually don't dance. And that's why, because I don't want them to feel bad like that. Man, Mr. D's at such a level, I don't think we're ever going to be able to get there. But I, I think that when everybody's kind of doing that, not dancing because you're so awesome. But <laughs> that was a joke. I got it. I'm I bad. got it. Um, we're both we're both looking at each other like, should we laugh at that? Was that funny? <laughs> I think it's also promoting risk taking in the right. classroom. I mean, look around right. and everybody's up and dancing. Well, it's okay that I made a mistake in math class because mm-hmm. Joe was dancing and he fell over. Mr. Detmeyer can't do that silly dance move. It's okay for us to do this. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so kind of back to the academic piece. We kind yes. of talk about, we talked about like the anxiety, the ADHD, some of those things that kind of promote, you know, that getting the, that brain focused and ready to learn. So take us back to academics. What are some of the movement activities that really support students learning, you know, to read and kind of getting them ready to read? Um, talk about this, maybe the SMART program mm-hmm. a little bit too and how That's you right. have used that you know, with your students? Um, Well, I think the SMART program, they have really good researchers and people who really put that together and really just thought about the activities they're putting in there to make sure that they're creating activities to cross the midlines to help the kids track, um, which is going to help increase their reading speed. You were talking about the slap track, being able to put in some of those facts in there and have the kids be able to recall those quickly uh, and not rely on the processing speed. Mm -hmm. So they're getting kind of that twofold of being able to... um, recall those quickly and increase their processing speed throughout that. But I think like the tracking activities um, in the smaller circuit that you have with the bouncing the ball and um, the the number lines and even like jumping and be able to follow a, a number line on the wall, like that's a hard thing to do to be able to focus yeah. and really concentrate. So not only is it helping them read that word, they're working on their attention and their focus and they're working on their large motor. I mean, they're doing so many things in something that a passerby might think, well, they're just jumping on a trampoline. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? But there's so many skills and things that they're working on. So talk a little bit about, you have a student who talked about Go Noodle and the movement and those types of things that literally changed his life. And we were able to actually have Go Noodle come and do a story on him and why Go Noodle and, and all of that had such an impact on his life. Talk about, you know, maybe his story a little bit and then also talk about, you know, what the positive things that you're seeing with your students. Um, yeah, that little guy, he very ver- verbally said that these things changed his life. Um, when he came in t- to us, he was having multiple classroom removals for hours, pretty extreme behaviors. Um, and actually, he came to us from another school, and mom had to make the decision, what what do I do for my kid? Um, so he said, you know what? Come in. Come to Dyer's Elementary. Just see the things we do. Um, I wouldn't say that there's just one thing that we do really great. I think that there are lots of pieces to the puzzle that are really helping our kids here. Um, Smart, go noodle. I mean, teachers being willing to do things with us. Wonderful instructional coaches, wonderful, I mean, principal, lots of things. So he came in, mom came in, and they loved what they saw. Um, And so they decided to come and we had a rough few weeks. It took him some time to kind of learn how things were going and what we're going to do. He actually did the smart circuit in my room and he did the smart circuit in his classroom. So we got twice a day. Um, he was doing Go Noodle in my room, and his teacher used Go Noodle. So he was getting a lot of extra movement, a lot of extra um, attention focused on those kinds of things, and his behaviors really started to decrease. He was being sent out of his classroom more. He was overall just more happy. Um, he was one of those kids that I would say, if it was possible to wake up on the wrong side of the bed every day, he did it. Like, he nailed that. 
Um, and now maybe once in a while, you know, like Mondays are kind of rough, but not anywhere where he was at before. Kind of, I mean, everybody has their bad days. So right, instead of absolutely. it being every day, it's kind of that, just like everybody else, we all have those bad days. Right. And we have, I mean, so many kids that if we kind of notice, all right, the afternoon is kind of going rough, let's, let's do an extra circuit in the afternoon. Or let's have the teacher maybe give them an extra go noodle break or some kind of an extra movement break that we really can, like the kids all have behavior charts. So you can see those behaviors going down. You can see they're getting more greens. They're getting less nose on their chart. Um, so it's really cool for me to see because I can really visually see that. But it's also cool for people in the building because they can see the kids walk down the hallway being happier, responding to other teachers more where they before were too cool for school or didn't want to answer people. But now they're just, they have more self-esteem. They are more willing to be in their classrooms. Um, and I think that the movement piece is part of it and the teacher's willingness to just go above and beyond and help their kids. You nailed it there, there with the teachers needing to be such a huge piece and part of that. And I think that, you know, I mean, I'm speaking from Dyersville Elementary and I know, Greg, you've talked about your teachers doing such an amazing job with this too, is reading the students, knowing what the students need and pulling in those movement things when needed. So It's so much more than just uh, here's some tools that I can use to get kids up and moving. It's kind of a two-part system where you have to have these tools, but you also need to know when to use them. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like a toolbox, you know. There are certain times I need a hammer. There are certain times I don't want a hammer. Right. right. Monica, you talked about, you know, the little guy that came and the mom having to make that decision. You know, obviously the mom has has really been supportive of everything that we've done here. Talk about like students going home and balancing that homework time. Um, you know, even just homework time, but also just when they get home. You mentioned, you know, right away that lots of times kids are going home and they're going on electronics or they're sitting and they're watching TV. Talk about just the importance of even that movement piece at home and what parents can do at home. Well, I know they talked a lot about this at the SMART training that kids now are different than we were and not for any fault of anybody, but our society is different. You can't just let your kid go out and ride their bike down the street because mm -hmm. of, you know, lots of different reasons. Um, and so ultimately a really good way to keep them occupied is sometimes these other things. And then the kids kind of get addicted to them and they want to do them. And so there's lots of different reasons, but kids aren't rolling down hills like we were. They aren't going out and swinging. And so certain parts of their bodies aren't developed the way they are supposed to to be ready for school like maybe we were in the 80s and before that um so parents need to just the 80s was a great time <laughs> um some of us may have grown up in the late 70s, 70s. no names not myself <laughs> i don't think someone who would nickname themselves m dog would be from the 70s so process of elimination right. you Wait, guys figure that out this is me i'm the 70s girl thank you well, I'm just Please saying continue. before yeah. <laughs> more before technology and right. all of that stuff right. was in every home. I didn't get a computer until we were in eighth grade, so that wasn't even an option. Right. Now, TVs, smartphones, iPads, everything is in, in every home. And obviously, what do your kids want to do when they have free time? They want to do that. Right. They It's super stimulating, so they don't understand that their brain also needs these other things. So I think as parents, and it's super hard, be mindful about not always having that stuff on and around because mm -hmm. obviously they get sucked in. They want to be, I do too. You know, I'm sitting there watching CSI or whatever it is and, oh, just one more show, even though I know I should get on the treadmill. Right. Um, being mindful about not having it on helps me to not go and do that. Just 
like Greg did, have a family outing where everybody is going and um, getting involved and doing it, um, taking that time to plan things to the park because we can't just send them to the park. We can't just send them down to their friend's house anymore. Um, you can use things like Go Noodle at Home. Um, there's also this really cool website. It's called Zenden, and it has um, this lady. She's kind of crazy, but kind of fun. She reads stories, and they'll she teaches you yoga movements while she's doing them, like a frozen one, and she'll have you stretch your arms like Elsa. And um, So you can use some of the technology and incorporate that, or Just Dance, or any of those... Right. Things that you can tie both together. Just Dance is a favorite in our house. We we have contests to see who can get the most points and the most stars. So I'm pretty good at that one as well. Yeah. Uh, you don't know you're beautiful. I got that one. <laughs> you love that one? Consistently get about three or four stars. My favorite one, Good Girl, Carrie Underwood. I'm not sure. I think that's on Just Dance 4, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Love that one. Yeah, but I think it's hard for parents. I mean, even with typical developing kids to keep them away from electronics all the time because mm-hmm. that's what they're driven to they yeah. want to be there and it's hard to tell them it's not great for you all the time and yeah. kids don't want to hear that well and I think it's it's kind of the same thing as a parent you know I have my work email attached to my cell phone and you know you're, you hear your, that phone beep and you know that it's a work email and there are some nights where it's don't go check that phone just let it go spend that time with your kids. And it's hard because you're wondering, God, does somebody need me to, re- to respond right now? Is it something urgent? Nothing is as urgent as spending time with your family and 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 getting out and, and spending that time together. So, Well, and I think it's, you know, no- nothing was more eye-opening for me as a teacher than becoming a parent that has a kid in school. It's It was easy for me to sit there and go, gosh, this kid didn't turn this paper again. And now when I'm trying to run out the door with all of my kids and get everything together, um, you, you get it. I mean, it's a definite balancing act of trying to put all the pieces together and have your kid do the homework, but you didn't get home till 530 and you have to make dinner. And I mean, you have to make a lot of choices, a lot of tough choices. For sure. Well, I think you brought up so many good points, just being more mindful, whether it be teachers in the classroom, you know, ourselves as instructional coaches, working with teachers and students and, and getting involved in the classrooms, but also just at home like how parents and families can make sure that they're getting more movement in at home. So Monica, thank you so much for sitting in with us tonight. I know that this was a little bit out of your element (laughs) as it was the first couple of times for Greg and I, it was kind of interesting and fun, but you did awesome. So thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Jenny. I have a feeling that we're going to come back to this one eventually. I think so too. Not because we did a bad job, but more or less, just because I think this is a big thing and it's going to continue to develop and become more and more important. And in that one, I'm going to have something to say. Great. Because I'm, I'm Greg Detmer. I'm back to the podcast here. I was out in the hall hanging out, talking with some people I haven't seen in a while as you two sat in here and talked about movement. Are we ready to close out? I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say? I mean... I think it's been time. said, okay. and it's been said. I just want to make sure you, you feel like you got your two cents worth in. Always. So, <laughs> Jenny, it is time to move into the listener mail segment of our show. We have we have a couple. We do. I, it's not technically listener mail, but uh, a former colleague of mine and friend, Tisha Ruley, utilized one of our past podcasts, the Acts of Because, in a staff meeting just to kind of spread that message of do things just because there's there doesn't have to be a reason for you to do something nice for someone just do it so, so that's pretty cool of, random act of kindness yeah and yeah. i know that uh 
Tisha listens to the podcast often as she's cruising the back roads of Iowa oh, to yeah. and from work. So hi, Tisha. Thank you for forwarding us that picture as well as letting us know how you used that podcast. Jenny, if we have past shows, we have lots of them. We, we have do. like a ton now. We have like a library of shows. Where can people find those? So if you would like to find past shows, you can go on our website, www.instructionalcoachingcornerthepodcast. You can download them at iTunes, Google Play, or pretty much wherever great podcasts are found. You can give us a comment and also rate us. Let us know what you think. Hey, you can also come hang out with us at Facebook at Instructional Coaching Corner. Or, you know what? You could be one of those really cool hashtaggers and come tweet us at ICC underscore podcast. Jenny, anything else? I don't think so. How about you, Monica? I don't think so either. All right. Since Jenny has nothing to say, since M-Dog has nothing to say, and I certainly didn't have anything to say all day, let's wrap it up. As we leave, ask yourself, what one thing could I do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself? Then wake up and do it, because greatness isn't achieved by one event, but instead a series of small, intentional steps. Go be awesome.